This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. At ADP, we understand the importance of building the right team and offer the data insights to help. Just as importantly, our AI technology helps you pay the team accurately. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll. What is going on, y'all? This is Steven from Headlock Talk. we got some exciting news for you. Our longtime sponsor, Naturally Hemp's, has now given us a Headlock Talk promo code. Woo. Go to naturallyhemp's.com, use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. And, by the way, it does not expire. Yes, this is true, Steven. I use Naturally Hemp's gummies for a sleep aid, for muscle pain, and for post-workout recovery. And might I also mention, the lotions are great on your skin and they smell fantastic. Oh yeah, it's all really good stuff, but we also have some more for you. NaturallyPureSanitizer.com for all your hand sanitizer needs. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Also, if you are a vapor and you are in need of e-liquid, AmericanVaporCompany.com. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Yes, they have a fine variety of uh, candy flavors, tobacco flavors, menthol flavors, and fruit flavors. So I'm a very big fan of that too. Oh yeah, all really good stuff. And again, code HLT10 at checkout at all of these websites gets you 10% off your order. Now on with the show. We've got a show for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to yet another episode of Headlock Talk, where this week we'll be discussing the free agency, we'll be discussing Fighter Fest, Great American Bash, and so much more. So strap in, ladies and gentlemen. It's a wild ride. Yes, indeedy. <laughs> we are back. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. I'm, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt, and right across from me here, my beautiful co-host, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Aw, howdy. Howdy, Stephen. That's so sweet. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. It's true. Whatever happened to that guy? I don't know. <laughs> him and that uh, him and that other dude who was like a one-hit wonder, he was like, Now you're just somebody that I used to know. Oh, yeah. How uh, do you say that guy? It's G-O-T-Y-E. It's like Godier? Godier, I think. Go- is it really? I think it's Godier. Wow. I think. That's that's so, mm, that's weird. <sighs> See, what's, what the problem is, is like he, like, 
like he just remade music from the eighties. I was like, here I'm repolishing it for the two thousands. Right. And well, then everybody's like, yeah. I mean, it's a good song. Uh, I mean, don't lie to yourself, Steven. It's a good song. No. It, it's it's not amazing. It's not it was, great. But it it's was good. It was inescapable for like five years. This is true. And and I just see you dreaded you, music. <laughs> you, see, you you said he t- you know took the the '80s formula and made it in the 2000s. Isn't that what the the weekend did with with like his most recent song? Yeah, oh, like that that straight up sounds like an '80s ballad. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's, it it doesn't impress me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, a fan of the weekend. <laughs> Definitely not I defending mean, him. I mean, respect, you know. But uh, I mean, yeah. I respect your hustle. I just don't like your music. Yeah, fair you know, enough. It's good. What good it times. is, Stephen. We had quite the week last week. Five big episodes. Five. Five. Count them. Five. Cinco. We'll also be doing. Uh, we'll be announcing our giveaway on Twitter. We have a giveaway for uh, our sponsor, Naturally Hemp's. Yes, indeed. Uh, where we're going to be giving away a free thirty count bottle of the winner's choosing of uh, Naturally Hemp's gummies. They'll also be getting a graphic face design mask of their choosing, as well as a large bottle of Naturally Pure hand sanitizer. Yes, indeed. So all very cool stuff here. We'll be announcing that, and we'll have more giveaways in the future. So make sure to keep an eye out for those tweets, ladies and gentlemen, when we be tweeting out that. That, that giveaway we be tweeting we be tweeting mm-hmm. all right and y- you gotta you gotta follow the instructions in order to enter into a chance to win mm-hmm. okay you gotta follow the instructions to a t yes 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 indeed that we do w- announce them on the shows as well yes uh, so if you ever if you ever hear us talk about a giveaway it's going down it's going, it's going down on the twitters it's going down for real mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> oh yeah mm-hmm. good times great memories You're beautiful <laughs> it's true <laughs> Oh, goodness. What does the show become? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about today, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, but yes, uh, while you're up on the page, go ahead and hit that uh, subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or anywhere else for that matter. And uh, if you listen to what Steven said in the intro piece here, mm. uh, yeah, hit us up. Uh, at uh, naturallyhemps.com for all your CBD needs, 10% off. Use code HLT10 for all of your purchases there. Also at naturallypuresanitizer.com, 10% off on your hand sanitizer needs, and americanvaporcompany.com for all your vaping needs as well. Code HLT10 never expires. Yes, indeed. Good stuff here. <laughs> I guess at the top of the show, I want to uh, to, to really pay tribute to, uh, uh, to a mentor and, and to a friend of ours. Hmm. Uh, big pause on a pup, JPQ. He has announced his uh, his retirement from the podcast game. Uh, man, yeah, this one this one hit me hard. It mm. hit me close to home, man. Uh, JPQ, he he was always there for uh, for advice, for encouraging words. Um, he's really a podcaster's podcaster, and and really was one of the first people to give us a chance. Oh yeah, and, I mean he's been there from the beginning with us. You yeah, know? I mean he's he's great. He he appeared. Um, with Josh on the first ever Headlock Talk After Dark. Mm-hmm. Had a great time doing that. Argued with Josh a lot. <laughs> so that was fun. That seems to be a common theme with Josh. <laughs> Just, yeah. It's okay, though. <laughs> he, he, Josh, Josh is, uh, he can stay on his own. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in good fun. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but JPQ, if you're listening, we love you. We appreciate you. Uh, please, if you ever would like to come on uh, the show again, Headlock Talk, we would uh, we'd love to have you on on any of our shows. Oh yeah, hundred percent, always welcome, man. Uh, you know, good luck with with what you got going on. It's for a 
It's for a very good reason. So, uh, congrats and congrats, mm-hmm. indeed. Um, yes, let's get down to the 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 good old dirty bits the, of the nitty gritties. The nitty gritties. Uh, lots of free agency stuff going on here, Stephen. Yeah. Lots and lots of free agency. Um, we've got uh, probably first up on the docket, and this was touched on a little bit last week. Tessa Blanchard uh, was indeed released from Impact. Impact is kind of talking up and trying to paint her as the bad guy in the situation. How right. you know she was in Mexico, she wasn't being responsible, she wasn't in contact, and blah 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 blah. Obviously, um, she lives in Mexico with her boyfriend mm. Daga. Mm. Uh, so um, she, you know, she's out of the country. You know, um, there's been a lot of uh, speculation as to what Impact's whole situation is with her, Stephen. Um, I personally think that uh, yes, some of uh, some of Tessa's um, past is maybe a little bit uh, full of some baggage, perhaps. Right. That that's kind of what I was going to mention. Like it, it, it might just come down to baggage. You, you know, I don't know if it's. If it's a specific event, necessarily, right. it might just be, you know, one of those, like, compounding kind of things. But at the same time, how much of it, too, is just Impact painting her as the bad guy? I mean, I don't know. I feel like with, with Tessa Blanchard in particular, you know, you, you go on online to a lot of internet forums, and she's already the bad guy in a lot of those situations. And so th- this might just be Impact kind of like... You know, cutting ties mm. while also getting a little bit of good, you know, PR with with the internet wrestling fans. You know, like yeah. she's already the bad guy in a lot of people's eyes. So mm. I mean, Impact coming out and saying that, I mean, you know, see, I'm I'm of the opinion that Tessa Blanchard, for all of what's been been said and what continues to be said about her, I still think she's a supremely talented and gifted uh, wrestler. Yeah. Um, I, I think that any company would be, um, immediately positively impacted by her talents. I I do think that she needs somebody to kind of guide her and and maybe give her more mentorship. Um, obviously we're seeing kind of that same effect with Will Ospreay in Japan. He's surrounded by people who can definitely keep his head on his shoulders, um, uh, more than what he was when he was just in England. Um, you know, uh, so there's a lot of leadership backstage there. Hopefully she can get into a locker room where it's not that she's just the leader, but she's surrounded by people who are more experienced and, and, and have better leadership and can help guide her career in the right direction. Yeah, um, no, I a hundred percent agree. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too, because I, I think being away from impact is going to be a net positive for, for Tessa Blanchard, just because when you're top dog, there's a lot of pressure on you, you know, and you're you're being watched at all times, you know, for everything that you do. And, and yes, T- Tessa has made some mistakes in the past for sure. Um, but it when when you're top dog, those things don't go away, you know. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, her finding a mentor, finding a leader. Uh, I think it, I think that's something that she does need, and I, I think it would be good for her to kind of. St- take a step back from that leadership mentor position and, and kind of just get her bearings a little bit more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With her being gone from Impact, the two uh, promotions that immediately came to mind here, Stephen, for her next landing spot were obviously WWE 
as well as AEW. Mm-hmm. Now, WWE seems pretty keen on her from uh, all regards here. AEW kind of a little bit uh, back and forth, not mm-hmm. a little bit more tentative about uh, Tessa Blanchard. Um, as far as WWE is concerned, uh, per Sports Kita and uh, writer uh, Leonard Sorrow, Sorrow? Leonard Sorrow, I think that's the name there. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Meow. Thank you, Leonard. Um, people, <laughs> sorry, Sorrell. Um, <laughs> people in WWE are reportedly quote chewing Vince McMahon's ear off to sign Tessa Blanchard. Mm. Um, so yes, uh, there's a lot going on there. It seems a lot of people lobbying for Tessa Blanchard uh, on WWE side of things. I do know of as well a tweet that uh, Big Swole put out that Tessa Blanchard should sign for AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, AEW a little bit more standoffish in this regard, though. Um, Steven, if you were Tessa Blanchard, where would you sign and why? Oh, man. Uh, I I mean, either one's, you know, a really good pick, obviously. But uh, if I was Tessa Blanchard, I would probably go to AEW just because the women's division in AEW is nowhere near as strong as it is in WWE. Uh, you're not going to have nearly as much competition in AEW. Now, that's not to say AEW has a bad women's division necessarily, but, I mean, <laughs> WWE, like, their women's division is kind of crazy, honestly, with, with with how many just fantastic wrestlers are, are in there. So, I, I would say AEW, hmm. but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, AEW could use a big-time signing like Tessa Blanchard in their women's division. That is completely true, and... Uh, one thing that should be noted here, uh, her father also works for AEW. True. Facts. Uh, so that would be uh, that would be a big plus, I would imagine. Um, Just don't have her follow around Sean Spears. Let's not do that. Yeah? <laughs> you, don't, you don't think so? I mean, yeah. I don't know. You, you can if you want to, but it's it's Tessa Blanchard, man. Like, let yeah. her do her own thing. This is true. You know? Um, m- maybe that would be the breaking point where maybe her father manages her instead of... Uh, uh, oh yeah. Instead of uh, Sean, now yeah. e- AEW could benefit for a two-in-one here because it would be likely some up, somewhat as uh, our friend Anthony from Smart to Death had put on uh, Smart to Death Radio previously. Uh, a any kind of deal for Tessa Blanchard could certainly also mean a deal for her boyfriend Daga, mm. uh, who is also supremely talented. Um, Indeed. You know, so AEW could certainly benefit from having him too in, in kind of that mid-card division. Um, he's very, very good, yeah. uh, and I would definitely like to see more of him uh, in a in a mainstream audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say for WWE side, there are a lot of dream matches to be had uh, for Tessa Blanchard. You've got Charlotte Flair, uh, stands out immediately, uh, but also Asuka, yeah. uh, Becky Lynch when she returns. Um, you know, Io Shirai, I think would be another one. Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks would be incredible. Bailey as mm-hmm. well. So there are quite a bit of uh, dream matches to be had if you had Tessa Blanchard land in WWE. It's just a matter of whether or not it's the right vibe. I do feel a right. little bit more strongly that AEW would be more of the right vibe for her. Yeah, but I, at the same time, I don't. I, I could see it go either way. I, I just think with AEW, she'll have more time to shine. You, you know, like mm. I, I, she, like she just won't have as much competition. Like the with with WWE, like absolutely, that there's a bunch of dream matches that are to be had. That's that's the case for anybody to sign to WWE. Really, like 
WWE's roster is crazy stacked. Like that's nothing new, you know. So so the whole uh you know oh dream match potential yeah absolutely that's mm. every signing you know mm. um I, I just think with with Tessa Blanchard and how big of a star she is I mean go to AEW man you'll you'll just you'll just shine so much brighter there I think. Mm. Speaking of AEW, there was another star who seemed to be making promos in AEW's direction, and that is none other than EC3, yes. who uh, he's been on quite a bit of a roll since being released from WWE amid uh, uh, the coronavirus cuts, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the CVC as we call them. Do, do I, we I, call them that? No, I'm just making this up. <laughs> don't, don't call it that. That's... I mean, we can. It's, it's not necessary. Okay. Okay. Tanner says no. <laughs> Never mind. I made it up, and yet I say no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, EC3 has cut promos uh, on AEW, not like on AEW te- television, right. but he's been doing these online promos. You know, making mention of uh, Kenny Omega and Tony Khan, Young Bucks, Sonny Kiss, yep. the Library, like so many. Yeah. And then. Um, He's also been teased for Impact as well. Um, now, Stephen, um, I don't think <laughs> a, WWE, a WWE return rather is in the cards anytime soon. Um, I mean, what would he do if he came back? God, would he just sit on the bleachers like they a, had him do like, for the past like three years? <laughs> he's holding up a red, you know, solo cup. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm here for support. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, um, but I mean, I think Impact would be the better fit personally because he's already been there. He knows that kind of land. But I mean, is is there any solid interest you think in, in AEW's part on EC3? I mean, EC3 is great. So I, I mean, there there's definitely some part of AEW that's like, yeah, maybe we can make this work. Um, they have a lot of things going on right now, uh, a, a lot of different storylines, and a lot of their guys are really tied up. Um, and Sammy Guevara's out right now, Jake Hager's out right now. Um, so, I don't know. They they could, but like you said, he knows Impact. He knows that land. He, he knows that crowd. He knows those people. Um, I, I think Impact would be great for him. Uh, I just... I'm worried that if he does go to AEW, it's going to be kind of hard to find his place. You know, I, I don't want mm. him to just be another Dark Order initiate or or something like that. You know, but if he doesn't do that, like what else would he do? Everyone's kind of tied up right now, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I could see it going either way. Truly, I think Impact's really trying to make a big play for a lot of these names that WWE released, including reportedly Gallows and Anderson as well signing for Impact. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a pretty big coup for them in their tag division, uh, for sure. I think, uh, Stephen, um, as far as Impact Wrestling goes, with these teases of not only Gallows and Anderson of EC3 returning. Um, but also, you know, possibly maybe even Rusev amongst other names. Uh, obviously, he's he's changing his name and going by Miro mm. uh, now. Okay, uh, could could Impact be once again on the rise? I mean, it's it's hard to say. It, it really is hard to say, and, and it also depends on what you mean by on the rise. You know, on the rise in terms of quality, a hundred percent. Like that's that's clear as day. Yes. Uh, on the rise in terms of popularity and, and uh, you know sales and, and TV ratings and things like that. Who knows? It, it's really hard to say. WWE and AEW are really big right now. And NXT and AEW going head to head. You know, is there also room for impact? 
really hard to say. Yeah. It's really hard to say. Uh, but I am excited that, you know, all the people from WWE didn't just immediately sign to AEW. Mm. I- I'm really glad that they're being spread out, you know, because one of, one of the things that we had with WWE is that they have too much talent that's all great and they don't have... They don't have the time to, you know, get. They don't have the resources and the time to give everybody the attention that they need. And so, if everyone that WWE re- released just went to AEW, yeah, it'd be that problem. It'd be just flooded. in a, just in another company. So it, it's really cool that they're all getting spread around, and everybody is kind of just getting a nice bump in in quality and a bump in, uh, you know star power for their rosters yeah i mean if, if if impact who had a smaller roster than aew did certainly um and ring of honor seems to be kind of um hit with these uh with the allegations that we talked about previously um mostly leveled at marty scroll um i i think impact could take advantage of this uh, of the situation and read the room properly and if they did pick up guys like gals and anderson and ec3 and miro they could have some pretty big stars on their hands uh, headed their way um because of wwe's mismanagement of uh, uh of a lot of the talent um now we did mention <laughs> aew and nxt a lot there um we had two very fantastic shows on Wednesday night, uh, sandwiched in the middle between two rather soft SmackDown and Raw shows. Um, it's almost to be expected yeah, nowadays. It, it, it does seem to be that case here. Mm-hmm. Um, Steven, you had just finished watching AEW Fighter Fest Night 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us some general thoughts on what you felt as though that show was like. Yeah, uh, so I thought it was really good. Uh, it... it Really did feel like a dynamite, though. Uh, I will say that. Mm. Uh, they, they didn't really make it feel big. Um, <laughs> That's but, what she said. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> I think part of it, though, is just the commercial breaks. It, it just mm. it, it takes you out of it, and it's really hard to to feel like this is like a special like pay-per-view moment. Mm. Um, that being said, though, I thought the matches were really good. Um, the specifically the tag match between uh, Hangman and Kenny and the Best Friends. I mm. thought that match was great. And the intro from the Best Friends with uh, with uh, Trent and his mom giving him a kiss. Yeah, get, her, her driving the minivan. Driving the, the minivan, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, it, it was a good show. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I do wish that Fighter Fest was this, uh, you know, big standalone thing. Um, it's, it's cool that it's on dynamite because more people get access to it, which is great, but it, it just, I wanted it to feel more important, mm. you know? I could see your feeling in that. And, and I will say too, the Hikaru Shida Penelope Ford match was also very, was. very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody versus Jake Hager was, I, I felt as though it was a fine, proper match, um, it did what it needed to do. It did what it know? needed to do, um, but it wasn't nearly as blow away as the women's championship match or the tag team title match. I w- I felt like. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm just. I don't know. Jake Hager's cool. Um. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it. He just doesn't get me excited in the ring. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's fair. I I I'd say. I mean, Jake Hager. Um. I mean, we've seen him in three matches so far. Four, if you count the uh, the, um, the sta- stadium stampede. Um, <laughs> I don't. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but he does have his moments, which I think is good for sure. Um, for sure. 
but yeah, I, I felt as though um, Fighter Fest was was rather good, and I did enjoy the uh, the ending with the tag match, mm. uh, where you know uh, FTR came out. They tried to celebrate a little bit with uh, uh, Kenny and and Paige. They yeah. gave him a few beers. Uh, Paige immediately accepted the beer. And, Shocker! <laughs> and, and Kenny did not. He poured out the beer. Uh, blatantly right in front of FTR. This greatly offended them. And then the Young Bucks came out to play Peacekeeper, mm. um, which ended up in a little bit of a an interesting little standoff here, Stephen. Mm-hmm. The Young Bucks and Kenny on one side and uh, FTR and Hangman Page on the other. Hmm. What interesting. Do you, what do you make of this, Stephen? I mean, they're obviously trying to foreshadow something. Mm. Or that's what they want us to think. Mm. And, and that's just a, a red herring. Who knows? I don't know, man. I'm still on this train with my theory that I, I think that FTR will be the ones who ultimately defeat uh, Paige and Omega, um, and that uh, probably a result of the match will be Hangman turning on Kenny, mm-hmm. and uh, that will kick off some of their feud. I think we will get some, uh, you know, maybe Hangman and FTR versus Young Bucks and Kenny. I think maybe that that should be something that does get involved there. But mm-hmm. uh, I do see this is the foreshadowing of that feud. I mean, um, yeah, it definitely fits, definitely yeah. works. And, and FTR, I mean, that's a great team to take the tag titles off of. Yes. So, absolutely. Well, yeah. and, and you need a team with the titles to feud with the Young Bucks, right? Um, I true. mean, K- Kenny, Kenny and Hangman, they made a great match with the Young Bucks. It was mm-hmm. a fantastic match, possibly match of the year. One of the best that AEW's put on, for sure. Probably the best Pro- match that AEW's done. I would say 100% the best mm-hmm. match. Absolutely. Um, so, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I did enjoy that, though. It was yeah. lots of fun. Yeah. No, F- Fighter Fest was good. Uh, I, I do also just want to mention real quick. Wardlow, man, give him a singles push. He's so freaking good. I love him. Yes, Wardlow. He's so good. Wardlow's very, very good. Dude, I love him. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, on the other side of things, NXT's Great American Bash. Um, we had a lot of things going down. I watched this on Wednesday um, as well as AEW. But we had, um, uh, let me see here, Tegan Knox actually win the number one contendership shot in a fatal four-way uh, elimination match here. Um, Tegan Knox, very, very interesting pick uh, to, to be number one contender. I, I do like this pick. Um, I think Tegan Knox certainly deserves it based on the performances that she's put in recently. And uh, yeah, I could see her certainly making for a great challenger against Io Shirai. Yeah, I, I mean, Tegan can freaking go. Like, 100%. She's proven that before. And, and obviously Io is like top tier in terms of like women's wrestlers in the world, mm. but Tegan can Tegan can keep up a hundred percent. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Oni Lorcan had a match with Timothy Thatcher that was very hard hitting and very stiff. I would like to see these two have a match once again in the future. Maybe uh, just give them some time to rest up a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little, <laughs> maybe a little bit. It was a little bit too short and maybe a little bit slow at times. But I think that with a little bit more work, they have something really good on their hands there with that rivalry. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Rhea Ripley uh, did uh, defeat Robert Stone and Aaliyah, uh, so she is not under Robert Stone's management team. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, Dexter Loomis defeated Roderick Strong in NXT's first ever strap match. Uh, this was... Um, hmm. 
<laughs> this was fine. The was, the concept of a strap match is dumb, in my opinion. I, I think it's fine, but Dexter Loomis, I don't know, man. I'm just not I'm just not totally bought into it. And this this feud with him and Undisputed Era, I'm I'm not sold on it. It feels um it feels a bit beneath Undisputed Era, I Ooh. feel. Yeah, I'm sorry. The venom. Yeah. Um, I mean, but it's like, where does Undisputed Era go right now? So, I mean, they, I guess they just wanted to do some, some little comedy bits and stuff with Roderick Strong and him yeah. being, like, traumatized by being stuck in the trunk of a car. Um, so so were you kind of of the mindset that this almost feels like a, like a maybe like a filler storyline or, or just like a time killer? This certainly feels like a time killer. Gotcha. Or at least a that plus a mechanism to try and get Dexter Loomis more over, right. perhaps. I don't know. Hmm. Um, and then the main event of that show was Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks, which was actually very, very, very good. I liked it a lot. Um, yes, there was a lot of involvement by Bailey and Asuka as well, but it was good. I mean, yeah, that's to be expected, really. I, I mean, Sasha and Bailey are a package deal at this point. You don't really get one without the other. This is true. They also say that like 9,000 times. So, yes. You know. Indeed. <laughs> I mean, Sasha Banks has been great on TV. Bailey's mm-hmm. been really great on TV, too. Um, obviously, Asuka is uh, right up there with some of the very best uh, to do it. And so is Yo Shirai. So, hopefully, more becomes of this. Yes. More of this, please. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, now. Uh, what we have here going into um, next week, uh, we've got some matches. Let me pull these up here real quick. I think I might still have them in front of me. Please. Maybe. Possibly. No? Maybe, maybe not. I believe in you. <laughs> so, um, AEW Fighter Fest. Uh, we're definitely having the, um, uh, the match with Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Of course. Um, the Moxley match, as I predicted, has been moved to Fight for the Fallen, which is the week after this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so him versus Brian Cage will take place there. Um, more matches on that card to be announced soon. Uh, but do not fret, because we'll still have Young Bucks and FTR versus um, Butcher, Blade, and... Um, um, what was that other tag team? Not prepared for this, Steven. Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros. Thank you, Steven. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so That's going to be an insane match. Yes. Um, Fighter Fest Part 2 looks pretty killer, especially if you're bought into the the Chris Jericho Orange Cassidy match. I feel like that's going to be very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tag match as well. That tag team scene in AEW is just absolutely nuts right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then on the other side of the coin, we have the much-anticipated... Keith Lee versus Adam Cole. Yes. Uh, uh, title unification match. Now, allegedly, allegedly, okay. Uh, the uh, there were pictures taken, and I'm not a fan of this here at all. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not a big fan of this at all. But uh, from what's being told here, um, there were some uh, pictures taken. Uh, uh, regarding the winner of the main event of said show by actually a WWE talent who is a uh, developmental talent in a, in a tag team. Um, I will not name him. You can certainly research this for yourself if you want to spoil it. 
I don't recommend it. Right. But if you want to spoil it for yourself, go right ahead. Um, I'll just say this. Um, if you work for WWE and you're going to be in there at those live events and they're doing the tapings, just don't post them to social media. Yeah. It's that easy. Yeah. Just just don't do it. It's pretty simple. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, so what's what's the validity of this rumor? Is this like 100% true? Um, this, I, I saw the picture. I saw the picture. I'm sorry, Tanner. Yeah. No, I was scrolling through Twitter and somehow people just kept reposting the picture from this person's Instagram. And, um, yes, it is possible, certainly, that they may have taken two pictures and did two different types of tapings. Um, you know, one of one winner, one of another winner. It's certainly possible that they would do that. Okay. Um, I don't anticipate that to be the case here. I do fully expect for, um, this to be the result. But again, I will not spoil it for you, the listener. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so just try and stay away from any spoilers. If you, if you really don't want it spoiled for you, that's perfect. I I I, right. I don't want it spoiled for me. Um, so what what's the likelihood that WWE leaked this themselves? I think it is quite low. This seems to be um, this seems to be somebody who would be a perfect passy if if possible. Okay. Uh, just because of uh, just the um, the no name to this uh, person. Right. Um, but uh, yeah. I mean, it's um, it it could certainly be possible, but I would put on the low end of um, of likelihood. Gotcha. Yeah. That's unfortunate. It is. That's really unfortunate. It is. And, and like, it just it, it just it ruins a little bit of the it, magic. Exactly. It takes the fun out of it, man. Like, just mm-hmm. let let people enjoy it. Let people have fun with it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I get, mean, get your fifteen minutes of fame somewhere else. Like, come on now. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed, Stephen. Uh, that's not all that was going on this week uh, either, though. Uh, we have uh, the finals set for the New Japan Cup. The finals, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. going to be amazing. Um, right now, we're looking at um, Kazuchika Okada, uh, who put on an amazing performance and had a great match uh, with uh, Hiromu Takahashi. He will be facing off in the finals with evil mm. um so steven uh, between these two uh, who would you think be the better fit to face okada at dominion hmm hmm wait who, who did you say is in the finals okada uh-huh and evil oh facing naito naito okay hmm. both belts on the line i mean the easy choice is okada mm. just because it's it's like little bit of like a redemption thing like getting your belt back you know Mm. so it it could be okada and and that would be like that'd be like the feel-good way to go about it you know because new japan they've been away for a little bit you know bringing back to the new japan cup kind of making the fans feel good okada's back on top woohoo but evil's Mm. great Evil's great. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe New Japan wants to use this break that they took to to kind of usher in something new. Uh-huh. So I think Okada is the safe bet. Hmm. But I'm more interested in Evil, I would say. So. Mm. Mm. 
I mean, I think it's possible. Um, I, I, I do think that uh, I do think that I agree in that Okada's like that kind of person that you can shoe in and be like, hey, we're definitely going to still get eyes here and for people watching Dominion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can sell a big, you know, uh, we can we can fill some seats in for, since we're doing a live crowd here. Uh, if we put in Okada, because that's a big match, him and Naito. Right. Right. But at the same time, they've teased tension within LIJ uh, for a long, long time. That's right. Whether it be Shingo, whether it be um, Evil, who Naito had said previously that he could have his own faction, whether it's Sonata, who's kind of been this perpetual free spirit within LIJ, or even Hiromu, who, you know, as IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, uh, he, um, you know, he challenged Naito, you know, junior versus heavyweight champ. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I like, I like the idea of simmering that feud a little bit more, keeping it up to, to being a, a full rolling boil. Uh, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, well, uh, yeah, like you said, th- if we go with evil, there, there's an avenue for, for more things. Uh, I think if they, if they go with Okada, it's like, Okay, someone wins, and then that's kind of the end of it. Like, where do you go from there? Yeah. You know, there's still there would be a lot more storytelling if it was evil. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not the match would be on par with what you would get with maybe somebody like Okada, it's arguable. Right, uh, but but I, I mean, think it's Okada. I, th- I think this would be the year of Lij, and this just the story that you could tell with all of them. Um, speaking of uh, Naito and um, and. Uh, you know, Lij, of course. Uh, Fightful had a great little quote here from uh, um, from Tetsuya Naito himself, uh, with him saying that I think we took advantage. We all uh, we all took wrestling for granted. Mm. Um, you know, really kind of touches on the insights there. So try and hunt down that article from Fightful. Um, yes, Naito definitely speaking on some truth here. You nice. know about uh, uh, how maybe we all kind of. We didn't realize how important wrestling is to all of us uh, pre-coronavirus, and how how just the little things in life could be affected by you know these big changes in the world. Right. Yeah. I I uh, I like it a lot, Stephen. I, I I like hearing this from Naito. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yes, good stuff all around here in the wrestling world. Um, finally, it is finally. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, of course. You know what is also finally? Mm. It's finally time. For this week's hot takes. Yes, indeed. It is time once again. You guys submitted in your hottest takes, most unpopular opinions, and most burning questions on Twitter. And this is the time where we go over them and give you guys a shout out. Shout outs. Indeed. Yes. Shout out, Steven. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. I don't know. Uh, you sounded super enthusiastic, whoop, though. Whoop. Whoop. <laughs> Whoop. <laughs> All righty, you guys. So, again, you submitted in your hottest takes, most unpopular opinions, most burning questions, and we're going to answer them right now. Uh, so, Connor, at Connor underscore 12 on Twitter, asks, If you follow Impact, who do you think will win the Impact title at Slammiversary between Eddie Edwards, Ace Austin, uh, Trey, and a mystery opponent? Mm. 
Um, <laughs> I always go for mystery opponent because mm. it's mysterious. Yeah, yeah. And there seems to always be some kind of thing with the mysterious opponent. This is true. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's a reason they're a mystery. Is this true? Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be EC3. Yeah. Could be Miro. Mm. Could be you know many other people. We don't know. This is true. I hope it's Miro. Miro would be interesting. Mm-hmm. 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 But yes, um, gotta go with mystery opponent. You know, it's it's always a good good place to put it's, your bets. It's a safe bet. Yeah, safe bet on the mystery <laughs> opponent. Um, so thank you, Connor, for your question. Thank you. Uh, Mags Allpods at DEJ Kirkby on Twitter. How's it going, Mags? Hey, Mags. How's it going, buddy? Uh, Mags has, let me see here, a few things on his mind. Uh, hot take. I enjoyed Great American Bash Night 1 over Fighter Fest Night 1. Damn. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was a good show. Um, Great American Bash, not bad, not bad at all. Um, yeah, I, I think, in general, a really great night for women's wrestling. This yeah. is true. You know, Penelope Ford had a great match with Hikaru Shida. Um, obviously, Io Shirai uh, having a great match with Sasha Banks. And then, of course, Tegan Ox. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How could you not like it? Um, yeah, both shows were really, really good. We'll have to see how uh, things play out next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would hedge my bets in saying that Great American Bash will probably get more eyes on it, uh, considering the, uh, uh, the title unification match. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I agree, especially with Mox Cage being being postponed. You're probably right. Uh, Mags goes on to say, "Cold take, spoilers suck." Yes, I would say if you really didn't expect the results, or you really weren't anticipating just seeing the results posted somewhere online for all eyes to see, in the form of a picture. That sucks. It does suck. Um, See, like, wrestling is about the journey, you know? And if you jump straight to the destination, it's not as fun. Uh, Yes. I mean, I could see it that if you really wanted to know where the story's going and you just had to spoil it for yourself, sure, there's probably somebody who's writing an article that will post it and say what's going on, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. That's up to you to then click on that website article. But posting a blatant picture online, that sucks. It does. It hurts my feelings. So don't do that. Don't don't be that person. Please. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mags also has a question. How does knowing the results affect your enjoyment of a match? Um, it can. It can affect my, my enjoyment of the match. Though there is an interesting quote here from... Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher your name here. Guo King... Mm. Uh, at uh, Gwood Knowledge on Twitter. That's uh, G-U-O-K-Q-I-N-G, Gwood King, mm. um, and Gwood Knowledge um, on Twitter. Uh, they say, I actually enjoy the match more. I won't have the anxiety of outcome. It makes me focus on the storytelling and execution of the match. Uh, that is an interesting take. I mean, I can, um, I, I can certainly see that side for sure. Uh, but for me... That anxiety is part of it. Yeah, I like the anticipation of mm-hmm. not knowing. Exactly. Right? Like, I feel like that that puts so much more in the match, mm-hmm. and I really like that. Absolutely. It, it's, it's like you said, it's anticipation, and it, it just completely adds to the match. It, if you don't have that, what, what are those 17 pin attempts for? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, 
It, it's for building tension. This is very true. Uh, our friend Anthony at Smark to Death on Twitter. Hi, Anthony. Hey, How's buddy. it going? Uh, Anthony asks, or rather says, oh, oh goodness, oh goodness, this is this is good. Okay. Uh, hot take: the pomp and circumstance around Cody doesn't match his often boring in-ring performance, and what and is what makes Cody the character divisive. Hmm. Mm. This is a good take, Stephen. This is a fantastic take. I, I I really like this take because I feel like um um what what's the best way to say this? So Cody's very much a throwback to like Ric Flair and his father, mm-hmm. right? He's very much a throwback to that era of wrestling. The suits looking sharp, right? And, and even his in ring style to that degree, it's not super flashy though. He occasionally does like. The huge moonsault off of the cage, or like he did that um, that really big os cutter, like he did he did that on Wednesday, and that was right. fantastic. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there are flashes of brilliance in Cody's in ring performance, but he is often a little bit um, more methodical, perhaps. And I think there's also this little notion of his storytelling in ring is also borrowed a lot from his father in that sometimes the finishes and just the whole match in general tends to be a tad bit overbooked. Um, but that's just my take, Steven. What do you think? Yeah, so I like Cody, for sure. Uh, but he like he's nowhere near like my favorite wrestler. Uh, the, the thing with Cody is you know what you're getting in a Cody match. Um, there, there's not a lot of variation in my opinion. Now, his formula is sound. He's a good wrestler, 100%. But he follows that formula almost to a T. Almost to a fault. Sometimes. Almost to a fault sometimes, exactly. Uh, you know, you get a lot of the similar hope spots in his matches. You get a lot of the similar overbooking in a lot of his matches. Um, so, yeah, to to a certain degree, I kind of agree with you. The, the pomp and circumstance of Cody doesn't necessarily fit his in-ring talent. That being said, he's a fantastic character. He's an absolute star. That's like a hundred percent. Whether he's the best wrestler in the world is debatable, and I mean, I, I don't think so. Absolutely not. Mm. But I don't know. I can see what he's saying. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a very interesting take, and I think it does explain, um, or, or at least gives you a point of view on. I I guess if if you speak with somebody and they're not the biggest Cody fan, this is definitely the most sound logic that I've heard as far as that argument goes. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, it's a very fair argument. Like he he's not trying to tear Cody down. He's just yeah. he's just saying his opinion. It's, it's an analysis, really. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Anthony, for your hot take. Yeah, great take. Uh, Get Show Comedy Wrestling Podcast at Get Show Podcast on Twitter. Uh, they say. Uh, Taz's mic work with Brian Cage is better than any mic work he's done in ECW or WWE in the ring or on the announce table. Ooh, Taz is yes, Taz's promos are fantastic. Yeah, Taz has been pretty fiery on that mic recently. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he felt he feels renewed. He feels 
revitalized mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways here. So yes, I, I do enjoy Taz's mic work with Brian Cage here. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think Taz has, has been killer with Brian Cage and, and really just AEW in general. I mean, with, with uh, Jake Roberts and, and Lance Archer mm-hmm. and, and and now with Taz and Brian Cage, I mean, they're, they're like old, old school talking heads or whatever mm-hmm. are doing great. Now, Taz was a very good commentator in WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say like him as a character and performer in, in WWE um, left a lot to be desired, especially if you were... Uh, a fan of his during his ECW tenure. I think that those years were very magical too. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have a long, drawn out period of time where he's not really doing a whole lot in WWE, you kind of tend to forget what he was all about beforehand. Right. This is much more throwback to those ECW days for sure. Mm-hmm. Sloppy shop. <laughs> Exactly. Mm-hmm. A sloppy shop indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friends at Get Show also go on to say, uh, the only times hot dogs are a better decision than burgers are at the ballpark and on 4th of July. Mm. Now, Stephen, we mm. had previously had a conversation about hot dogs uh, <laughs> in the car. We did. Um, there is a right and a wrong way to make a hot dog. Correct. Uh, the wrong way, boiling. Yes, that is the absolute worst way to cook a hot dog. One hundred percent. Yeah, like bake it before you boil it. Like what the hell? See, what I like to do. There, there's really two, only two acceptable ways to make a hot dog, and that would be either on the grill, or if you have a skillet and some butter, you you just puncture a couple little holes in in the hot dog with a knife, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then make sure that that butter's nice and melted in your skillet, and then throw them in the skillet, roll them around a few times every few minutes just to make sure they're nice. And uh, kind of uh, not necessarily fried up, but like you know, they got a, a good texture yeah, on a nice them. Nice little layer on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good little texture, good little crunch and snap when you mm-hmm. bite into them. That's how you make a good hot dog. Yeah. Uh, are they better than hamburgers, though, Stephen? Like, like <sighs> on these occasions, though. On average, the the best, like the absolute best hot dog, will not beat the best burger. That that's just. That's just fact in terms of like taste. However, hot dogs aren't as filling as burgers, so that's one thing that yes. it has going for it. Uh, I feel like on hot dogs, there, there's a lot more room for condiments than on burgers, uh, mm. personally. Uh, so if you're real big into condiments, hot dogs are great for that. Um, I, I mean, you can have one hot dog and also some chips or, or also some fries, whereas with, with a burger, man... That's that's, uh, that's a lot of beef, you know? (laughs) Perhaps so, Stephen. Mm -hmm. Perhaps so. Uh, But thank you, Gitcho, for your question. Yeah, thank you. Um, Let me see here. Our good buddy Conrad at Everything Pro Wrestling, um, at at EPW Show on Twitter, of course. Conrad is asking, how much impact does limited commercials have on uh, on you watching a wrestling product? Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I, I would say it's a very big deal. Yeah, uh, the more seamless—I'm sorry—the more seamless you can make a wrestling show um, without being impacted largely by commercials. It's a very big deal for me. Mm-hmm. That's why I prefer soccer over most American sports because you have two full halves that are commercial-free. Mm-hmm. That's just my take, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. Like I said uh, when we were talking about uh, Fighter Fest, you know, the the commercials really made it feel not big, you know? And if you were to take those commercials out, it would have come off a lot better, I think. So, 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. So the answer is big impact. Well, and and with Great American Bash doing a limited commercial run, I think that that was a, a very wise move on their part. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you, Conrad, for your question. Uh, SCW Wrestling Channel at SCW underscore Steve on Twitter says, Hot take, Slammiversary has to be the most eagerly anticipated pay-per-view of the calendar year. Solid card, which has been well built with potential multiple debuts and surprises. What are your thoughts of the recent work of Impact on Access TV? Mm. Um, yes, kind of like what we brought up in the beginning. I think Access um, has done a good job of elevating Impact's status, and Impact itself has done a lot of work to try and get itself, um, you know, try and get itself above the TNA name and the the shadow that's lurked behind them for so long. Um, they are certainly on the rise, and they're improving. Um, Every show, it seems. Uh, so that can only mean good things for Impact. Is Slamversary the most anticipated card of the year? Um, um, that's tough, man. That's really tough. I mean, it's it's subjective. Yeah. You know, like, like completely subjective. So like, if you're a diehard Impact fan, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, I, would, I would say it's 100% subjective because I think like... If I think about the pay-per-views that I've really looked forward to this year, I really looked forward to NXT TakeOver Portland. Mm-hmm. I really looked forward to um, Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I really looked forward to Revolution. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that I felt strongly about. I can't say I feel the same way about Slammiversary. Um, but maybe, maybe again, that's just my familiarity. I'm still getting back used to impact. Right, right, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of where I am too. I, I know for me, like Revolution, hundred uh, percent, in terms of just like the one that I was really, really clamoring for. Um, if I if I followed Impact, you know, regularly, I'm sure I would be excited for Slammiversary because everything I've heard about Impact recently, they've been doing a fantastic job. I just there's only so many hours in the day. You know, <laughs> this is true. Uh, so thank you, uh, SCW Wrestling Channel, for your question. Yes, thank you. Uh, foul toward the chance original uh, at foul original foul underscore original on Twitter. Hey foul, uh, hey foul. Our, our good buddy foul asks, uh, or rather says, hot take. The close to the bone promos on Dynamite have been amazing stuff, especially Taz and his constant piling on Moxley. Yeah, um, AEW's always been strong on the promos, I think. Um, They're getting better week in, week out. Um, I'm especially especially glad for Britt Baker, who's still had a chance to kind of make her mark on TV, even despite her injury. Yeah, the whole role model thing. Yeah. R-O-L-L. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, No, I I mean, AEW's promos are are fantastic. Uh, I think a lot of it really just comes down to the fact that they're really not afraid to, like, insult you know or or just like really dig into somebody uh i feel like a lot of promos from say wwe are, are just i'm gonna beat you Where, whereas a, whereas AEW is like i'm gonna kick your son in the face or something like that you know like what? it's <laughs> it, it's just way more like raw it, uh. it, it, there's actual like like intimidation to it okay, you know so what i mean there is there's actually like um they can back up the promo, you're saying? Well, I don't know. It, it's the, like... The promo feels stronger? Yeah, basically. Yes. Just, just because so. of like the verbiage and the wording that it's, they use. It's because they don't go into it with a movie script. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's the big thing. I think you're probably right. They, these people are wrestlers, not necessarily just actors. Right. You know, they're trusted to go out there and cut a promo and make it good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And they've done it. And they've, they're doing it right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, so, thank you, Fal, for your hot take. Let's see here. Another great friend of the show, Matt G, a.k.a. Matthias Black of Rise Pro at IllustriousMG40 on Twitter. He says, Colt Cabana will be an excellent heel once he joins Dark Order. Steven, Colt Cabana, excellent heel. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> I, I I trust Colt Cabana, okay? Yeah. I, I just I trust him to do it right. That that's it. What's interesting is that Colt Cabana has typically been very much a, a, a like a face for the vast majority of his career, and, so, and not just a face, a very like like very fondly thought of face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So him as a heel is going to be pretty interesting. We'll see how long this lasts. Uh, see, when when I think of Colt Cabana as a heel. I don't. I don't imagine Colt Cabana walking around like, "Oh, I'm gonna beat you down." Like, I'm imagining Colt Cabana as like a Peter Avalon type character, where it's just like the this wacky guy that's kind of fallen in with the Dark Order, and you know, that's that's just how I feel. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. Well, thank you, Matt, for your question. We do certainly appreciate it. Uh, let me see here. DBW Podcast at DBW Podcast on Twitter. He's got a few takes here for us. Uh, so uh, first, um, Damien from DBW Podcast says, Sasha Banks is the best wrestler in WWE regardless of gender. Hmm. I think mm. it's uh, I think it's certainly possible. Yeah. I, I mean, think it's certainly possible. Yeah. That that's not out of the realm of possibility. She's certainly in the argument. I would I would say yeah, you could provide a great argument for her, and mm-hmm. I would say she's probably at least in the top ten, if not top five. Mm-hmm. I would probably say you would have to put up Io Shirai up near there too, if you're talking about wrestlers, uh, regardless of gender. Probably Asuka as well. AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan would probably have mm-hmm. to round out that list. Mm-hmm. Probably even Shinsuke on his best day, he still has that magic in him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think there's still like um, man Cesaro too, uh, Cesaro, Gargano, yeah. Champa, Cole. Yeah, I mean, you you could probably make a pretty fantastic top ten list. Um, but I would say Sasha's definitely in the argument. You could certainly provide a great argument for her. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's not an outlandish take at all, you know? <laughs> no, I mean, I I think it's it's pretty pretty evenly. You know, an evenly good take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Damien at DBW Podcast also goes on to say, um, hot take, Headlock Talk is owned by the Illuminati. <laughs> Shh. Yeah. Hmm. That's not funny. <laughs> you don't think it's funny, Stephen? Oh. Stephen, put down that knife. Hey, look. Hey, look. Listen. Hey. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm back. It's okay. Yeah, the bloodletting ceremony isn't till later. Okay. Okay. Just, time got away from me. Hey, look, yeah, yeah. we still got a few hours until initiation. Okay. They're not showing up until. Okay. I'll yeah. put the robe up. It's fine. It's, okay. It's fine. Yeah, thank you. Hey, look. Thank you. It's gone. Okay, Tanner. The robe is gone. Shit. We're still recording. Okay. Thank you, DBW Podcast, for your questions. Uh, moving right along swiftly here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Smark and Friends podcast at Smark and Friends says Dolph Ziggler will be remembered as one of the greatest to never win the WWE title, but if he wins it, he won't be remembered for much. I really like that take. Uh, <laughs> I really like that take uh, because it sounds true. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. So, like, I remember Dolph Ziggler best for when he he was on Team John Cena at Survivor Series a few years back when Sting debuted, and he was like he like saved WWE from you know the authority essentially. Um, whatever happened to that Dolph Ziggler? Right. Hmm. Sad. Um, yeah, Dolph Ziggler seems destined to not be able to break that top level. Unfortunately, mm. I think that they they put him on a hot streak. Um, they gave him the world heavyweight title at one point, um, but that was all you know for much for naught. Right. It seems, um, and, and it seems like whenever he does get the the big title shot, it seems like it's like po- at possibly the worst time. Like Dolph Ziggler's super cold going into this this match here, and yet it's for the title. You know, where's the build here? Right. I don't get it. The same thing kind of happened too with like Kofi. Like it was just like, "Hey, here's Dolph." And I was like, "What?" Right. Right. Oh, okay. Like I guess that's fine. You know. But I mean, Dolph is essentially a, a, a modern day updated Shawn Michaels kind of character. Um, but but Shawn just had this innate ability to just put together great matches. Uh, it's not just about super kicks and stuff like that. He just right. makes great matches, and I don't think Dolph has really tapped into that kind of next level thinking in his like matchmaking, you know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I just, man, if, if you do put the title on him, you know, 15, 20 years from now, when we're talking about best WWE champions of all time, Dolph is not going to be anywhere in that list at all. But if you're talking specifically a list of like best wrestlers to never win the title, yeah, I mean, you could put Dolph in there. Dolph is a good wrestler, uh, but not quite a champion, you know? So it, it it is a mistake to put the title on him Yeah, for multiple reasons. Possibly, Steven. And, and I, I, I do agree that his legacy would probably, in a weird way, be better if he doesn't win the title. Interesting. Very interesting, Stephen. And thank you, Smart and Friends, for your hot take. Thank you. Justin Poxic at Poxic Justin on Twitter. Uh, hey Justin. Hey Justin. How's it going? Uh, Justin says, "Hot take: the ending of the fe- uh, the ending to Fiend versus Seth and Hell in a Cell pissed me off." I agree. Mm. It it probably did piss you off. Mm-hmm. I know it pissed me off. It, it pissed me off. <laughs> yes. Uh, now for my question: What wrestling moment pissed you off? Hmm. That's a hard one. There's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, Brock Lesnar winning Money in the Bank. Yeah, I knew you would say that. Brock Lesnar winning Money in the Bank was just kind of like, why? Why did you do that? This isn't. This isn't. This doesn't feel right. Um, yeah, I would say that. I would also probably say Brock beating the Undertaker streak. It like I know it set up Brock for yes. like the moon and everything and yeah whatever a the match wasn't great and b why did you why did you beat the Undertaker like so many other people could have used that or better yet why not just leave the Undertaker streak alone 
why don't why not let just this man ride off into the sunset Dude. undefeated at WrestleMania? Thank you for saying that. I've been saying that for so long. Why why have Brock break his streak? Ah, there's there's really no reason for it. No, not at all. Yeah. Well, there we you don't go. like Brock, as you can tell. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Justin, for your hot take and your question. Yes, thank you. Uh, noob and Co. at noob underscore n underscore co nineteen ninety one on Twitter says, uh, "Question: Will Oscar and Io Shirai be a tag team in WWE? It's certainly possible. They were a tag team in Japan." I don't see why you couldn't do that. And with the news of Kyrie Sane possibly leaving to go to Japan, mm-hmm. uh, it would open up the door for Asuka to possibly need a tag team partner. Wouldn't be too bad of a look to have Io Shirai occasionally come back onto the main roster and just tag with Asuka. Yeah. So that way, maybe you could get more eyes on NXT. True. What a thought. True. Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, they're both great. They're They're great when they team. I mean, why not? I'm, I'm totally. <laughs> I mean, I don't have much else to say. I'm totally fine with that. That sounds great. Unpopular opinion from Nubinco here as well. Sasha Banks is the real draw of the horsewomen. Mm, possibly, yeah. Um, Definitely a big part. I, I mean, especially considering you know Charlotte's on again, off again love affair with the uh, internet wrestling community. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, that uh, you know, a lot more people feel more fondly of of uh, Sasha Banks than they do of uh, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly do. Uh, here's something though, Becky Lynch. Mm. I mean, she's really the draw of all the horsewomen. Yeah, more people have come to see Becky Lynch from all corners of the world than any of them. I mean, she's part of the draw for the company as a whole. Uh, you know, up until a few weeks ago, she was the face of WWE. Yeah. So, yes, it's an unpopular opinion. I could see your point. I do love me some Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. She's an amazingly talented performer. Um, I just feel more strongly about Becky Lynch being yeah. the draw of the of the current active horsewomen. Though Sasha Banks totally is an amazing draw. Yeah. Um. And then hot take, Asuka and Io Shirai will be a great tag team. Yes, I, I think they would. True. I think they would be a great tag team. Mm-hmm. They're both supremely talented. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. I agree. I agree with that. That's mm-hmm. a good. That's a good take. So thank you, Nubin Co, for your question. Thank you, and your hot takes, and uh, thank you, and uh, your your unpopular opinion. Thank you. <laughs> Alrighty, Luke Williams at Luke Busta Rhymes on Twitter. There you go. Wiki wiki. <laughs> Luke Busta Rhymes. Sorry. Great name, though. <laughs> yeah, Great it name. is. Uh, Luke is asking, uh, or, or rather saying, Tomohiro Ishii should have had the two-month run into that Naito that... Uh, I'm sorry, let me reread this here. My eyes are not working. Took took a bunch of that Naturally Hemp's last night for... Uh, for that uh, old workout recovery, you know, stuff. it is great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Tomohiro Ishii should have had the two month run uh, that Naito had back in 2016. Hmm. Possibly, though Tomohiro Ishii's had a lot more like cult following since then too. I still think Tomohiro Ishii deserves a a, a run at the title now. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. 
I, I, I think it would work. I, I think you could. I think a push for Ishii now would have worked better than a push for Ishii then, just because of the rise in popularity of New Japan here in the West. For sure, yeah, and I think you know specifically with Ishii, but really just anybody with with New Japan, they they know how to build people, really, and, and everyone on their roster is supremely talented. So I mean, almost anyone can have a singles push in New Japan, really. Uh, but but yeah, why not Ishii? Why not? Absolutely. But yes, I, I think that that take is very valid, and I thank you for your take on this here, Tomohiro yeah. Ishii. Excellent, excellent wrestler. He's great. Uh, the Wrestling Life Podcast at TWL underscore podcast on Twitter. Ooh, hot take here. Kurt Angle was better in ring for TNA than he was in WWE. Ay, 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 ay. Um, Man. That's, that's, that's a hot take. See, that, that just comes down to opinion and, and subjectivity, honestly. Um um, I mean, you did have some great Kurt Angle moments and matches in TNA for sure. Uh, first one that comes to mind is obviously Samoa Joe. That rivalry was mm-hmm. pretty off the charts, and that that stretched for many, many years. Um, but when I think about Kurt Angle in WWE, I mean, you, you think about his matches that he's had with Eddie Guerrero. You think of, uh, more unfortunately, his matches with Chris Benoit. Uh, you think of... Um, you know the the tag rivalry that he had, where it was him versus uh, uh, Los Guerreros, or you know uh, Ray and 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 um, and, and Edge, uh, the the SmackDown Six. That was a those were great times. Uh, you think of Kurt with Brock Lesnar. You think of Kurt with man, just so many uh, Austin Rock, ooh, Triple H even. Uh, yeah, they, Kurt Angle had a pretty amazing. Uh, resume, yeah, um, in, in WWE, and I don't think he would have made nearly as big of an impact, no pun intended, ah. in TNA if it weren't for his huge resume in WWE. So, yeah, I I could see your point there though. The feuds that he had in TNA were also very very good. Mm. That was very well said. Mm. Thank you. You're welcome. And of course, thank you, the Wrestling Life Podcast, for your hot take. Yes, thank you. And then, of course, we have some tweets here from our friend Mike Charlip at MikeJC821 on Twitter. Uh, he's got a few of them here. Uh, first off, he says, figured I'd ask a non-wrestling question for once. What's your guys' thoughts on people pushing for the Redskins to change their name? I get the complaints, but it's been the name, the team's name for 85-plus years. Thoughts? Uh, we have actually got a lot of thoughts here that will take place on this uh, the new Wednesday show, the Tanner and Steven Variety Hour, where we'll be talking a little bit more about this. So, yes, tune in Wednesday for more thoughts on that. Uh, I, 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 will, I do have opinions and thoughts. I, I guess Steven does too, right? Probably, probably a little bit. I do have a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so tune in Wednesday, Mike, for our thoughts and our answers to that question. We thank you for asking that. It's like you read our mind. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Mike's got a couple more here, of course. Uh, Mike Charlotte at MikeJC821 also goes on to say, with Kyrie apparently leaving WWE, adding her to the list of main roster busts as singles, uh, which isn't her fault, of course, because of Vince, uh, is there anyone you guys are concerned with that this will happen to next? I mean, it's, al- it's already happened to Ricochet. Um, I was just going to say almost anybody in NXT. 
Yeah, or anybody that's come out of NXT recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricochet, it, the that course is already set, and that makes me pretty upset. Shinsuke, it's already happened too, and that's made me really upset too. Because, Matt Riddle. Um, Matt Riddle is possible. They seem to be pretty high on him though right now. I mean, didn't Aleister Black beat AJ Styles? Like almost immediately too? Mm, he did get a win finally over AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't very immediate. Okay. Um, I am fearful of Aleister Black, though. Yeah. I really do think that Bruce Pritchard is going to look at him and be like, I don't know what to do with this guy. I, I mean, we're not past the point of no return with Aleister Black, certainly. No, but he is certainly at risk. Yes. Yes. But <laughs> you can almost say that about anybody, <laughs> really, uh, at this point. Uh, I mean, yeah, for for me, it's like any NXT call-up, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Unfortunately, like I hate to be that black and white about it, but like it's 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 certainly fair. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, so thank you, Mike, there for uh, for that question. And last but not least, has AEW not established enough real contenders for the world title? I'm having a hard time really seeing who would challenge Moxley after Cage, assuming he isn't the one to beat Moxley. Um. Hmm. Well. There's a few options. Uh, you could go with Pac again. You could have Moxley feud with Pac. You could uh, revisit Kenny versus Moxley. Or better yet, if we do and see, if we do indeed see the breakup of uh, Kenny and the Hangman, then maybe even possibly Hangman Page would be a good fit for yeah. rivalry with Moxley too. Yeah, I mean, there, there's certainly several people in AEW that, that can be put in that title scene and, and work beautifully. Um, I do kind of agree, like, yeah, they, they haven't really built up uh, very many people to be in that scene. Uh, the last people, or the last person they built up was Brody, and we know how that went. Well, see, every person that they've put in to face Moxley have been, like, new acquisitions, right? That's true. So you, have, true. you have Jake Hager, he was the first to take a shot at Moxley. Then you had Brody, and now you have Brian Cage. Right. And these are all like new, new, new. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, with that being said, it doesn't seem like... It seems like they have to bring in somebody to face Moxley. Whereas you don't have to do that. You just have to tell the proper story. Absolutely. There's already a story that exists with Pac. There's already a story that exists with Kenny. Mm-hmm. And you could easily tell a story with Hangman. So there's there's definitely a lot that you can do there mm-hmm. with Moxley. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. You you could have Lance Archer in there. You could Lance Archer. You, you could have Wardlow in there, like Wardlow. However you want to do it. MJF, absolutely. I mean, there. You could even have Moxley tell a story of coaxing K- Cody to say, right. "Drop your crap here, mm-hmm. right? I know you want a shot at me. I know you want to be AEW champion one day. Man up and just go ahead and go for the title." And him continuing to push Cody week in, week out about how he's not man enough to actually challenge Moxley for the title. Absolutely, yeah. Which would be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make, quote-unquote, wrestling sense. But, I mean, look. What what is that? What what is wrestling sense? (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, yes, we always go on and bang on about continuity here. As long as you just make it make sense, it's fine. Right. It, it, Wrestling's an evolving story. Dude, it doesn't have to be like Inception, where there, there's <laughs> multiple layers upon layers upon layers. Just make it make sense. Bro, you can't have Cody challenged for the title anymore. He said he wouldn't do it. Okay, 
But where does it say that he can't do it? He just went out there and, and was like, oh, I lost, so I can't do it no more. But, like, that's not a rule it's, in the AEW, like, he's, handbook. He's self-imposed that exactly. upon, upon his own character. So he can self-unimpose it. That's yeah. not a word, but... <laughs> you get the sentiment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alrighty, then. Well, uh, that has yet been another rendition of Hot Takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only have just one more thing here to go, and that is, of course, us taking a deep dive down into... If wishes were fishes. Yes, indeed. If wishes were fishes, were, we each take turns making a wrestling-related wish, and the other grades it. Yes. In terms of actual fish. Yes. Mm, indeed. It's well, very fun. It is fun, Stephen. <laughs> I've got a wish today. Do you? I do. Fantastic, sir. Who would you like to go first, me or you? Rock, paper, scissors. All right. All right, Steven wins, so he gets to pick. All right, I'll go first. All right. So, uh, obviously, we had the New Japan Cup. It's coming to a close here, right? Yes. Uh, it's going to open up New Japan to kind of do some different things. Now, uh, whether if, uh, you know, Evil does go on and uh, face Naito, maybe they'll have, like you said, the, the year of LIJ. Uh, maybe if they go with Okada... What do they do after that, right? So, if wishes were fishes, I want to see some AEW wrestlers back in New Japan, <laughs> honestly. Uh, and that's not a slight on, on New Japan whatsoever. I just, like, you're making these faces. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I loved John Moxley when, when he was in there. I loved Jericho when he was in there. Uh, let's get FTR in there. You know, let, let's get some, some more people in there. So if Wishes Were Fishes, uh, I want some AEW stars back in New Japan. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely get that wish, for sure. M- my only concern is the Rona. Mm. We, we can't really can't really do that with, with the Rona right now. But it's a valid wish, and I would like to see more AEW people. Man, forgot about the Rona for a second. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I just wanted to go back to how it was. I know. I, I do too, Steven. Um, for your wish, because it is a very valid wish, and I would love to see that mm. as well. I'm going to give you four Barracudas, mm. because ooh, Barracuda. Barracuda. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Yes, indeed. (laughs) It's a good wish, Stephen. Well, thank you for the the, ooh, barracudas. Yes, you're welcome. Um, For me, if wishes were fishes, uh, we do indeed see this new faction here uh, between uh, Hangman as well as FTR. Mm. We call it Country Strong. Hey. (laughs) Because they all come from... From the country, and, uh, you know, I, I guess a lot of AEW's talent comes from, quote, the country, you know. But which country? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they all come from a country. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, you know, they, they, they all come from uh, from the southeast yeah. a little bit there, the Carolinas and Virginia kind of area, so they're all kind of from the same uh, place here in the States. They know. can call them biscuits and gravy. Uh, no. And FTR can be the biscuits. No. Uh, okay. Remember- <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a tag team that like their song was like biscuits and gravy? Yeah, it was uh, oh, uh Festus, Fe- yeah, and, and Cletus, right? Something, was that correct? Something like that. 
biscuits and gravy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I had to dig deep in my <laughs> in my wrestling nostalgia it's, it's, for that. It's a deep wrestling cut <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah, country strong. Yeah. That, that's your that's your tag team. I like it. I like that's it. your faction. Yeah. <laughs> the name the name is funny. Uh but but no, I mean that'd be a great tag team. Uh, especially I just want I want FTR to to do something big, like immediately, you know, just because they're they're such a big acquisition. Really, I like that. Hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you four dog face puffer fish. Wow, mm-hmm. I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it, Stephen. Well, thank you for the fish. Thank you for the fish. Yeah, you're quite welcome. Uh, and this has yet been another episode of Headlock Talk. Uh, don't forget, like I said, go up to the very top of your screen, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or anywhere else for that matter, and make sure to leave us a five-star rating review wherever you listen to these uh, shows, uh, that way so we can be number one on those charts, and uh, you know, definitely you know, make, uh, make dreams come true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, while you're here, again, promo code HLT10 is valid at naturallyhemps.com for all your CBD needs, as well as AmericanVapor.com for all your vaping needs as well. AmericanVaporCompany.com. Uh, what did I say? Uh, you dropped the company. Oh, yes. AmericanVaporCompany.com. Yeah. I'm just being specific. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's necessary, Stephen. So, yes, code HLT10 at AmericanVaporCompany.com as well. And then, of course, NaturallyPureSanitizer.com for all your hand sanitizer needs. Uh, we'll be doing another giveaway here soon. Uh, so be on the lookout for our tweets for that uh, due to our partnership with uh, all three of those companies as well as Face19. And we'll have promo code HLT10 once that website is up and running as well for all of your face mask necessities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know it's becoming now like part of the law here in Texas. Uh, $250 fine if you are in public without a mask. So and That's a f- that's like first offense, right? I think so. That's Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So stay safe, make sure to wear a mask, and listen to Headlock Talk for your chance to win one of these fancy designed uh, uh, nake, uh, nake? neck face masks. Nailed it. Got it. First time around. <laughs> Naked it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this has yet been another episode of Headlock Talk. I'm, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Headlock Talk for more info uh, to get all of our episodes and just to stay tuned with uh, all the stuff that we got going on around here. We'll see you on Wednesday for the new Tanner and Steven Variety Hour. This should be a lot of fun. It will be. And then, of course, on Fridays uh, for the Rogue and Ranger Gamecast, that is a good deal of fun, too. Steven, we've got some exciting things for that here as well. We do. Uh, the top five games uh, during quarantine mm-hmm. uh, you know, for, for maximum enjoyment, so uh, we'll have a lot of fun there. Uh, until next time, boys and girls, we'll see you on Wednesday. Uh, I'm, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt, and right across from me here, the beautiful, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Crudy. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys. Take care and have yourselves a great rest of the day. Later. Bye-bye.
ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumkey is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumkey will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumkey. Apply now at rumkeycareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. 